0: got a message I believe will bless you today. Amen. And I'm going to take my time and preach this. Hallelujah. When you are born, we are dependent on our parents to take care of us. How many of you, when you were born, you were dependent on your parents? This church line. If you weren't dependent, h- how you made it, bro? <laughs> and you're dependent on your parents. You're not independent. But as you grow little by little, you become independent. Come on, how many of you are fully independent now? And you have to begin to make decisions. You have to learn how to make decisions in life. And your young mom decided what you were going to eat. They gave you that Gerber. <laughs> I've never seen a baby that likes Gerber. I've seen some adults pick it up and eat it though. they are be like, I don't know why he don't like it. Because you're weird. Come on, talk to me. You get older, you start making choices on what to eat. And when you're young as a child, the kids decide that, and if you let a kid decide, he'll eat marshmallows for breakfast, he'll eat chocolate for lunch, and a ring pop for dinner. And when you tell him, hey, you need some carbs... Got enough sugar, sugar just gonna turn in and (laughs) Hey, you need some protein. Hey, you need some fruits and vegetables. Kids are like, what are you talking about? And so parents have to make those decisions. And but as you get older and you hit a certain age, you start to realize I can't just sit and eat gummy bears all day. I'm messing with somebody today. I can't have a pack of Skittles Oreos. I'm going to find you. Amen. Doritos. Where you at? Hallelujah. Come on. Just tell on yourself. What is it? Somebody said turkey? Now you got to on another level. <laughs> now they got them, them bacon snacks now. The devil is a liar. All my life bacon been bad for you. They put it in a, like a snack pack now. Don't be wowing like you don't know. like it ain't right there in the front when you' checking out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. If you leave these kids to make their decisions, you can't let your kids make no financial decisions. They get their birthday money. Come on, how many of you remember birthday money? You get older, that ends. Birthdays was, was lit when you was a kid. Come on, somebody. You get your birthday money, you counting it up. You ain't even got manners. You like, granny ain't called me yet. <laughs> granny called you, you like, happy birthday, granny singing. You like, yeah, 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 all right, get to it. How much did you send? And you get your little count up, you made $90.00. There was a time savannah when that was a lot. You get your little ninety dollars and you let a kid who's eight years old get ninety dollars and you let him spend that, by next week he's done on Roblox. Roblox, right? That's how you say it? I'll be saying Robux, all types of stuff. You let them spend that joint, you'd be like, what did you buy with it? He'd be like, I got a skin. you got a skin, the first time they told me that, I said, "What's like, what what do you mean you got a skin, son? What's wrong with your current skin? Said, no, it's a skin, a skin for what? And then when you see the skin, it's like some weird looking thing and he just walk around. Game ain't got no graphics. Oof. How much you spent on that? All $80, Dad. And you looking at T-Mobile, same time they spent that on $80, T-Mobile texts you, your bill is passed due, sir. you like, oh, that's just me alone. Hallelujah. (laughs) Y'all never get them T-Mobile texts? Hallelujah. Come on, y'all just going to leave the past out here? Come on, your bill is passed due. And the current one is due, but you could avoid interruption by... So, y'all rich like that. Y'all got it like that. Y'all have never lived on the edge where you wait till the last. <laughs> a kid ain't going to make no good financial decision. So, you got to teach them the art of decision making because sometimes that's hard as a parent because you want to give in to their emotions. But what I found out in parenting is that when you give in to that emotion and you don't teach them, you teach them to let their emotions rule. And then when you look at yourself as an adult and you realize the reason you made a lot of bad decisions is because you let your emotion rule. Some of you are in the trouble you're in not because of any other reason other than your emotions. As you grow, you got to learn how to become a person who makes decisions. And life is a constant stream of decision-making there's not a day that goes by that you're not making a decision did you know that some decisions are on autopilot like you wake up and grab and go on Instagram as autopilot that's a bad decision that's a bad autopilot decision like you wake up and you do certain things it's on autopilot like like Hygiene should be on autopilot. Like it shouldn't be two o'clock in the day and you like, what's up? I ain't brushed my teeth yet. Come on, somebody. Well, it shouldn't be like, like you shouldn't be talking about. Like if you were the type of person that got to argue, you know, they'd say that you really don't need to shower for three days. I got the science behind it. You dirty. <laughs> Even if you got the science, take a shower. Come on, somebody. I don't know how I'd be talking about that stuff. Amen. Decision. Some decisions are on autopilot while others take more skills, require wisdom, and a lot of energy. To make them one decision can alter your course in life one decision can put you in a wilderness while another decision can bring you to a promised land the power of a decision decisions are becoming more and more difficult today as the options are becoming more and more have you ever been in a restaurant lately and they hand you a menu And you're like, what what should I eat on this here? And forget it, if you're married, marriages are beautiful in church until you hit the car and you ask the famous question, what would you like to eat? And then everything you learned about God goes out the door. It's never the women's fault. Options are increasing. You you walk down Macy's and you walk through a certain part of Macy's, they spray you up like you like you got some like you a bug. Come here, sir. Smell that no, sir. You like and my wife always comes to me, my wife's like, Smell that. And then she's like, smell this. Now smell this part. And I'm like, which they all smell the same at this point. Come on, you got decisions to make. What hairstyle? Come on, ladies. Yeah. Or what hair you're going to... Never <laughs> <make>. <laughs> Toothpaste is another crazy decision. Come on, somebody. You got to pick the right one. Yep, yep. <laughs> Cinnamon, mint fluoride, non-fluoride these are tough decisions and while options might be nice to have they can make life very complicated the person who makes excellent decisions will no doubt have a fulfilled life today what I want to talk to you about the title of my sermon is Clarity in choices, godly guidance to decision making. Godly guidance to decision making. Let's pray today. Father, we thank you for your word. It is blessed, bless the hearts of your people today. And I just pray, God, that you would allow me to say whatever it is you've laid on my heart, anoint it, uh, cause it to find root in the hearts of your people. That when they leave this place, God, they would leave challenged, they would leave inspired, and they would leave transformed. God, the inspiration comes from your word, the challenging comes from your word. And we ask for the Holy Spirit to do the transforming while we hear your word. That we may forever be changed. In the mighty name of Jesus, the word is for me, Lord, not my neighbor, not the person I'm thinking about that needed to be here to hear this today, but for me. Help me not to think about anybody else but to hear your voice. In Jesus' name I pray. Somebody say amen. Amen. Thank you, my good brother Ray. Hallelujah. Give it up for Ray, y'all. I know Ray's like part of this church already, amen. Uh, He just be cutting for very long periods of time, man. (laughs) Good to see you today, Ray. Come on, give it up for Ray one more time. In the book of Judges, chapter 17, verse 6, it says this, In those days there was no king in Israel. And because there was no king, every man did that which was right in his own eyes. When you make decisions, you can do what's right in your own eyes. And you can. You can can make your decisions based on your own emotions, based on what you told yourself, based on what you think is right and wrong. But the Bible warns in Proverbs 14, 12, that there is a way which seemeth right unto a man. There is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And the Bible right off the jump is warning you that not because something seems right makes it right. Not because something feels right make it right. We live in a time where this phrase is constantly used, your truth. That's the most dangerous statement you will ever hear. Because your truth means that there is no truth. And it puts you in the driver's seat to decide what truth is. And I don't know about you. I come from a generation. We used to have the Bug Brothers I'm from New York. Amen. I'm a New Yorker. Every now and then you meet a classic New Yorker who want to argue with you because he got a little bit of math. Y'all understand where I'm going with this? And so you would argue with him and you would would run into one of these old school brothers and he'd be like, bro, I'm telling you like things is not what it's like. You got to know, bro. All right, what you talking about? I'm telling you, like for example, what color you think the chair is, and you like it's red. He like nah, see they got you. <laughs> Y'all know who I'm talking about? Y'all know who I'm talking about now? If you don't, it's you. He like nah, bro. I'm telling you, they got you. What you mean? Like, like it's all in your perspective. Like right now, that could be blue to me. Like, who going to tell me if it's blue or not? And you walk away like, I hope he don't drive. Because he going to see a red light thinking it's blue. (laughs) And that's very important that you have some absolute truth. You better make sure that that red light is red and you don't make it up in your head. Because if you make it up in your head and you run the red light, you're going to suffer the consequences of living a lie. And so while people... What you ought to do is say, share your perspective, but never use the word truth. Now your perspective and your perception is your, your reality, but it's not reality. And why I say it's your reality is because you live according to your perceptions. And so that's why it's very important for you to make sure you have the right perception. Because you could be living through wrong lenses and making decision from a totally wrong place in life. Come on, somebody. When I was a kid, I, I raised in New York City. Manhood was being a gangster and a killer. Range came to me this morning. He said, you're, you're a, what would you call, a gentleman, and a, a gentleman and a scholar. I said, I'm a pastor and a gangster. <laughs> he said, what you mean by that? And then I found scriptures to back it up too, right? I was in the back. Range is looking at me like, that's interesting. I don't know if I want to come to this church anymore. <laughs> Growing up in New York City, our manhood to me was being a gangster, being a killer. That was the music I was fed. We spent hours arguing over who was the best rapper. And the best rapper to us was the most violent, killing. I remember where I was when I heard Biggie. Where Brooklyn, at? See, 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 see. I was on the corner of 144th right here. My dad planted this church. There was a bunch of drug dealers that used to sell drugs on the corner. A lot of gunshots went off over there. Father was held up at gunpoint. I was held up at gunpoint as a kid. Hallelujah. God changed the block a lot. And he's going to continue to do so because we're here. And um, you know that the first time they tried to bomb uh, this Internet. The first time they did what they did at the, 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 you know, the tall thing, they built those not too far from here in this neighborhood. You know, Sean Bell was right around the corner. This neighborhood, hallelujah, I thank God that I grew up in it and survived it. My life could have gone a whole nother way. But I remember first time my man Steve on the sixth floor had the little tape player and he came downstairs and he said, You got to listen to this. And he hit, and it definitely wasn't. Amen. <laughs> you, you, totally different Steve. <laughs> you remember Steve? Steve hit the play, and all I heard was to all the teachers that I ever taught, I would never mount to nothing. I said, Yes. <laughs> I could relate to that. Not because I was doing so good in school and they just couldn't see the greatness. I was horrible in school, but I liked that message. That you could be a killer. And then I heard, it was all a dream. I used to read, going to hell. (laughs) Y'all lied a minute ago when I tried to get some help. Now y'all reading Word Up magazine. Salt and pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Don't let's go any further. Come on, somebody bind, bind me right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Forget it. Forget it. I was... I'm telling y'all, I was out here on some... Westside! When Snoop came out on a bike with so much drama in it, y'all going straight to hell. And as a young man, I was told that being a man is being a killer, being a gangster, glorifying drug life, glorifying. I'll pump that nonsense in my ears. And then I watch people shot. I watch people go to jail. I watch young men whose dreams never come true. I, like I said, how many's, uh, uh, what is it? What I said The New York song? Come on, Savannah. Help me with my own lyrics. How many's? <laughs> Locked up in the cell block. Something about Tupac, hallelujah. I don't know. It's on a record somewhere, amen. Start rapping again. But the fact is you've seen so many dreams just go to the wayside because of wrong perception. Wrong perception. It wasn't until I got older and I begun began to realize that true manhood is the, Jesus is the definition of it. It's easy to do things that are wrong. It's harder to stand in integrity your entire life. And the Bible says there's a way that seems right. There's a way that seems right. The way you treat your marriage. There's a way that seems right. Come on, talk to me. But the end is destruction. That woman going to kill you. Prepare to die. Don't nobody laugh when it's the marriage jokes. People are like, not funny, Pat. Just move. First point. If you're going to make godly decisions, the first thing you got to do is trust God. You got to trust God. The Bible in the book of Proverbs chapter three, verse number five is a very famous portion of scripture there that we all know. Trust in the Lord with some of your heart. Trust in the Lord when you feel like it. Trust in the Lord when you have problems. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And lean not onto your own. Now the Bible is not asking you to be ignorant. Ignorant. But what it's asking you is that when those times are tough and you don't feel like God's way is the right way, don't trust your emotions over God. Lean not onto your own understanding, but lean into the wisdom of God. Leaning into the wisdom of God will always help you. If you want to be successful in life, the more you know is the further you'll go. Y'all remember that saying? And here's the thing about it. A lot of us, we do not... The Bible says this, My people perish for lack of... So, so I'm perishing because of what I don't know. But when you read on that verse, there's another part to it that says, Because they refuse wisdom. They refuse the knowledge. It's one thing to not know. It's another thing to have information... Present and not know. And you live in the time of history where information is available on everything at at, at at a hand's reach. I hate that at times because you can't really argue and trick your kids no more. Them jokers will Google you while you're talking. Like, huh, oh, he knows more than me. Well, as a father, sometimes you want to act like I know something. And they're like, no, Dad. No, that is not the square root of that. Lean into the wisdom of God. God's way may not be your way, but it is always the right way. God's way may not be the way you would do it, but it is always the right way. And listen, there are some decisions in life you don't have to pray about because the wisdom of God is plain about it. You don't have to pray on whether you should cheat on your spouse. Now, that sounds crazy in church, right? But can I tell you about people? Oh, I've experienced it. People have come to me and say, Pastor, I've been waiting long for a husband. Maybe what the Lord meant by husband was somebody's. And start believing God for somebody else. Husband. Thank you, Sister Evie. Sister Evie's like, Sister Evie it's adultery. Just say the word. Don't be scared. You're not going to get canceled. Thank you, Evie. Anything else? You don't have to pray if fornication is wrong. As a matter of fact, a lot of people don't even consider God when it comes to that. We live in a generation, we blame poverty on everything else except the obvious. Do you know that the chances of a single mother who is pregnant in teenage years, the chances for her to becoming uh, living in poverty for the rest of her life is sky high. And instead of talking about This dilemma that we have called fatherlessness. If you look on our internet and you look at all of the stars that are presented to our women today. Which one of them is not naked on the stage? And our young women are depressed because when they go on these social media apps. These are the images They, 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 they are told this is what you must be like. And, and there's an epidemic in our community of fatherlessness that, that le- there's a correlation between that and, 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 and they look at third grade level reading already and they decide from that how many prisons to build. Come on, y'all. Who do no? Who do no? Another entertainer came out the other day and he said the same people that own the record company is the same people that own the prison cells. Hallelujah. And that, that, that's kind of like a, a conflict of interest in many areas in, in our nation. You know, for example, I never understood why the people who control the food control the... I didn't say anything. Just don't believe if you control the food, you should also control... I can't... I'm trying to... <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all understand what I'm saying? What am I saying? When it comes to morality, you don't have to pray about that. You have to obey that. You don't have to pray about lying. Here's one. You don't have to pray about coming to church. Well, pastor, do you think that if I don't come to church, I'm going to go to hell? Might. Strong possibility because <laughs> I don't know how you fellowship in and who's around you to hold you accountable. True, true. You know, sometimes people ask pastors questions. You be like, I got to give them a political, But sometimes in your heart, you like, yeah. <laughs> Run to a church, my brother, yeah. because I find it hard to walk this walk around believers. How are you doing it? And I'm the pastor. I ain't got no help in this house today. Hallelujah. When it comes to things that are written plainly in the Bible, obey them. Thou shall not have no other gods before me. Well, I don't do that. I don't have a, we always think that just means a statue. I don't have a statue. I love God. anything that takes the place of God is your God you don't have to pray about morality you don't have to pray about how should you treat your wife Lord maybe she needs to learn a lesson (laughs) she ain't marry a teacher God bless you, don't come see me don't send an email I'm going to hear about you with your well, hallelujah you're going to need a well spring. No, I'm joking. Hallelujah. <laughs> Love your wife like Christ loves the church, is what he said. Where the men at? Yeah. All right. Y'all sound good. Hallelujah. Trust God. Whatever God says plainly on something, honor it, it might be hard everybody else might be doing the opposite but you do the right thing, even when you're ridiculed even when you're laughed at even when you're alone even when it feels like this is this is not going right you honor God and God will honor you yes. <clears throat> the second thing is watch out for disobedience y'all The cost of disobedience is higher than the price of obedience. The Bible says in Jonah chapter 1 verse 3, but Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. Jonah was told to go to Nineveh and he said, I don't want to listen to God. I'm going to go the total opposite way. Disobedience is doing absolutely what God says not to do. Come on, somebody. And he went down to Joppa. Where he found a ship bound for that port. And after paying the fare. He was so bent on dishonoring God. That he was willing to pay to run from God. And how many of you know that when you disobey God. It's going to cost you. You got to fit the bill yourself. Uh But when you honor God. There's sometimes. let Let me explain something to you. When you are a person living And dishonoring God, that bill becomes higher and higher in your life. The cost becomes more and more. Not just financially, but mentally. And all types of strain is put upon your life. But when you know God, God is somebody who brings you at the table and he knows how to pay the bill. Hallelujah. And God will relieve the burdens that you carry. It's not that life in God doesn't have burdens, but He, when you are in Christ, Christ is a burden bearer. And the Bible says, He paid His fare and went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. There are so many people that are doing everything they can not to listen to God. And when it comes to listen into to God, and you have a decision to make, you don't want to not be obedient to what God is saying. Because you're going to end up like Jonah ended up. He ended up on a boat that caused all types of storm to arise. And whenever people make bad decisions based on their disobedience, they're so selfish that all they could think about is, I just don't want to do that that they forget that their decisions now start to affect those around them. And he's on a boat, hallelujah. And while he's on a boat, the storm arises, and the people who were sailing the boat said, hold on, man, we've been sailing for years. This ain't no normal storm. They start throwing stuff off, and they start looking at each other and be like, yo, what you believe in? I'm an atheist, what you believe? I I believe in this. They say, everybody pray to their own God. If you don't got a God, make one up. The Bible Bible said they all started to call on their God. And then Jonah, big, big Jonah, <laughs> going to get up and tell them, fellas, the reason we are in the mess we're in is because I'm disobedient. You know how many people's family are in the mess they're in because grandma didn't want to make a this. Cause, cause, Cause the husband didn't want to make a right Cause this one Cause the son don't want to make a right decision Now the whole family got a Thanksgiving is horrible Because of one decision you made Christmas ain't nice Nobody want to buy you no presents for real They want to really tell you That yo, you need to make a better decision and, 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 and I wish I could be like the men on Jonah's boat Sometime and just toss them off Because disobedience on a boat Will wreck the boat and the Bible says that he said, If y'all throw me, everything's gonna go back to normal. And when they threw him off, everything went back to normal. And you read it. The Bible says the men started worshiping God. God was gonna save people with or without Jonah. Then he found himself in a whale belly. And still, sometimes people are so bent on not honoring God. You're in a relationship that you know don't honor God. And you're so bent on making it work. Here's another thing you got to ask God for when you make decisions. Patience. You need patience for the promise. Nothing in life comes overnight. The man prayed and said, Lord, I want patience and I want it now. (laughs) That laugh made me laugh. That's one of them good laughs. That's one I don't even care where I'm at. (laughs) That was good. (laughs) You need patience for the promise. Not because you don't get what you want right away. Sometimes your patience causes you to miss your blessing. I had to tell Shy that yesterday. I said, Shy, and I, I was with him in the mall yesterday. He's walking around the mall and he says, I want a Cinnabon. I said, I got you, son. Got you. I'm going to buy him a Cinnabon. But Shy don't like to eat nothing but sugar. Shy is the kid I was talking about in the beginning. <laughs> Shy would go melt a marshmallow and, and put a marshmallow in between two marshmallows as a sandwich. <laughs> like, ain't you supposed to put a graham cracker there? I don't need that. That ain't enough sugar. <laughs> so he said, I want a Cinnabun. And I said, you know, I'm going to buy you a Cinnabon. But I said, but you got to eat the things that we know you don't like to eat first then you could take your Cinnabon. He said, well, what's the point of that? <laughs> and Shy has a way. Now, I know the mall. Is, I'm in the mall. I know there's cameras around. <laughs> you know what I do for a living. <laughs> shy will make a parent take a time out. <laughs> Come on. How many of you ever had kids that will make you take a I can't be mad at him because I was that parent. I made my parents take a lot of time out. And, and so, 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 I said to him, Shy, what do you mean? he said, in order for you to enjoy your Cinnabon, it's got to be hot and ready. In my mind, like, he got a point. He got a point. I'm like, how am I going to? the part that get to me too when they be smart (laughs) so I, I said to him I said well it's not gonna take us that long to get what we gotta get and by the time you get home you know it's not gonna be frozen or anything like that and if you need to just pop it in the microwave for about 10 seconds it's not gonna burn up and it's gonna be that's what they doing back there anyway they taking them joints, come in the factory, they putting it in some type of oven back there, and they got, you. we got you. It's not the same, Dad. So, what are we doing? I don't want it anymore. I said, all right then, Sister Sherry held me back now. I said, I don't want it anymore, and he went on his way. He Is so impatient. If Shy got an issue, the world has to stop immediately because, in his mind, that's all that matters. He can't wait. When Shy gets something, Shy got Shy. If Shy sees something he want, and you say Shy, that thing is forty dollars here, but Amazon got it for three, bro. Come on, when you get older, come on. You 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 be shopping like this. You walk in people's store like, sir, you like that? Wait. No. Too much. Come on, that's how we shop nowadays. <laughs> Shy would be looking like, nah. He just so impatient i want i want to have it now i want to have it now and so yesterday as we were leaving i said you got to go talk to him and tell him the shy if you don't watch your impatience a child becomes a man and you're going to miss a lot of blessings because you don't have the power to wait And you're going to create dilemmas and you're going to create enemies because as a father, I'm obligated to like him. But the next person who might want to help him will be like, you know how many people that parents dealt with you and you go to work and you think the the job just don't like you? It's because your parents put up with your nonsense. But the next man ain't got no obligation to you. He like, get your impatient self out of here. I got to help you. Don't nobody in this world got to like you. That's right. That's right. That's and so I said, I got to talk to this kid because his, his ability to not wait causes him to make impulsive decisions and he misses the blessing. And so I sat with him. I said, "Shy, do you realize that the decision you made yesterday, you talked yourself out of a Cinnabon and you love it? What you mean, dad? I said, son, all you literally had to do was buy the Cinnabon, eat what you had to eat, and when you're chilling at home and playing your video games, you got a Cinnabon, bro. He's like, you could see in his face, like, it's coming around. He said, but dad, it would have been cold. I said, son, <laughs> do you think they make that from scratch back there? Do you think they pour in the flour and eat in the, maybe they are, I don't know. I, was- I hope he didn't Google it at that point. <laughs> See how come together? I'm like, please don't Google this. So I said, they probably heating that up back then. 10 seconds in the microwave. You would have had a nice. And he's like. Do you know how many of us, because of our impatience, we make impulsive decisions? When you don't know what to do, wait. The Bible says this. Uh, 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 that Look at this, in the book of uh, Genesis 16, I'm almost done, y'all. Now Sarah, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abraham, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build my family through her. If God says this is how he's going to do it, and it's taking longer than you expected." That is not permission to make it up. Amen. I forgot who I was talking to. People, you know, as we're teaching on the gifts of the spirit, people are like, Pastor, you don't believe in prophecy? I said, I absolutely do. I just believe that if God prophesied something, he's going to bring it to pass. I don't have to go and make it come to pass for him. Amen. And a lot of us, we get a word and it don't go. See, see whenever, you, whenever God tells you something, the danger is we put a face on what it should look like. I'll give you a great example. I always tell this story. One time somebody came and they gave me the word. They said, I see you reaching millions. In my mind, I was in every stadium. I was in the garden. Y'all ain't, y'all ain't even dreaming with me, y'all. I was, I was in stadiums. I was flying over. I was like, hmm, they're going to know me in Australia. I saw millions of people coming to the Lord. One day YouTube sent me a notification and said, you've reached million people, I say. That can't be it, Lord. And if it is, it's my fault for putting a view of what. And if you're not careful because you heard something, you put a face to it. Now you try to make it up for God. You and dang, you know how many people try? God says you gonna marry somebody, son, and then you go make it up. You everybody talk to? You, you, are, are you are you five nine? God says I'm gonna. To... People get weird in church. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I, 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 hallelujah! This is where weirdness comes to die. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. You understand what I'm saying? If, you're not, if God says something, it's not your job to do God's job. If God said, Sarah, through you, you're going to have a child. Abraham, through your union, I'm going to make a great nation. It's not for you to say, well, God, you ain't doing what you're supposed to do, so let's figure this out and help God. It wasn't even your dream in the first place. Some of us get called by God, and then we want to take the calling from him. Hallelujah. You understand what I'm saying? And she said, we got to hurry this up because it's not going according to our timetable. Some things might not be happening on your timetable. Do not allow impatience to make you make an impulsive decision. Here's the other thing, fear. Fear is a reaction, courage is a decision. Fear is the prison, courage is the key. The Israelites refused to enter the promised land. In Numbers 14, in Numbers 13, 32, the Bible says they were sent to spy out the promised land. And this is the report they came back with. They spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw are of great size. We saw Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. And we seemed like we. Look at this last line. We seemed like grasshoppers in their eyes. Y'all ain't reading with me. We seemed like grasshoppers to them. In their oh, They figured these people are big so we are grasshoppers. Sometimes your problem is the way you view yourself. God sending you to do great things and you telling him all the other reasons why you can't. It's called fear. And The children of Israel were gathered every day and a Philistine champion went out and said, I'm Goliath, send somebody to fight me. And because of fear, they cowered back. Fear will cause you to miss the promised land. Listen to this, y'all fear hallelujah fear if you're not careful will cause you hallelujah not to be able to see a promised land the israelites fear meant missing an opportunity to see god do mighty exploits it also meant that they were going to spend wasted life in a wilderness and fear will cause you to waste your life in a wilderness don't be scared. Don't, not because everybody, you know, people always come tell you, you want to get married? You ain't sure about that? You see such, such marriage fail. see this one, see they cheated. Not because somebody else's marriage failed. me and yours is. You sure you want to do business? You see he failed. Not because somebody else failed me and you going to fail. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. I remember years ago somebody came to my wife and tried to convince her and I was standing right there. I was, you remember this? They're like, I don't know, how, you, how these women out there trust men? <laughs> <laughs> She's going off to my wife. Because you know, I'm alive.
1: Because all men are dogs. And I
0: was like, oh, okay. So my wife is over there trying, you know, Sister Sherry. I'm crossing the wilding line. Sherry's already been, no, no, there's good men. No, 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 every man I ever meet, all of them are dog It's only a matter of time. And I'm over there like, I guess. Now, my wife could have listened to her and be watching me every second. Fear. Don't let somebody else's failure become your reality. And when it comes to making the decision, ask God if, you're, if it's the spirit of fear that's controlling you. Don't be controlled by the spirit of fear. Listen, failure is not as bad as you think it is. That's right. That's right. Anybody who's ever succeeded tell you that failure is actually great learning lessons. Sure. Sure. Amen? Amen? Insecurity. Insecure people secure themselves by not securing others. If you have insecurity in you, it's going to affect your decisions. The Bible talks about this Samuel uh, in the book of Samuel eighteen eleven, and he hurled it saying to himself, I'll pin David to the wall. But David eluded him twice. Saul was so insecure, he tried to kill David. He could never see the blessing that David could have been to him. He could only see the competition that David was that he created in his own mind. Nobody's your competition. A lot of time, the people you think is your competition is actually, is actually your mentor. Hallelujah. Don't be jealous of people. Anger. Anger is an acid that can do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than to anything on which it is poured. Listen to this, y'all. Speak when you're angry and you will make the best speech you will ever regret. Don't make decisions when you're angry. Married people, don't make decisions when you're angry. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be part of our church every week. That's too fly. <laughs> you mad at me? You mad at you? All right, back. Calm down. People always, people always, people call you, Pastor, we going through it right now. What should we do? Don't call me. Go in a corner and wait till your, your, your blood pressure come down to levels that you will not die you really want to make a decision when your blood pressure is saying we don't even know what's going on with you your heart is like yo my man (laughs) don't make decisions angry wait till you calm down (laughs) lastly zeal without knowledge Don't make decision because you just excited, but you got no wisdom. Because listen to this, y'all. You can be sincere about a lot of things and you can be sincerely wrong. Peter is a good example of that. Peter was somebody who Peter would had a lot of zeal, but no knowledge. Peter told Jesus, look look what the Bible says. This scripture right here tripped me out. Matthew 16, 22. Just look at what it says. Peter took him aside. Just stop right there. You will never read that about anybody else in Jesus. Peter is gangster for that. Peter took, he's like, yo, let me holler at you to Jesus. And look, it doesn't even stop there. And began. You will never read that about anybody in Jesus. Peter said, hold on, let me let me at you. Passionate. But passionately wrong. That's the internet. Loud, loud people and wrong. Sometimes I see all these loud people talking against the Bible and I start my whole, what's the point? (laughs) Loud and wrong, loud and wrong, loud and wrong. And just two seconds of intelligence in the room will debunk all the loudness. Passionately wrong. Don't be passionate without knowledge. If you've got a decision to make, educate yourself in the area. Amen, somebody. Amen. And lastly, and I'm done, pray about everything. Philippians 4, 6 says, be anxious for nothing. But everything you got going on in your life, pray about. Pray about it. I want to say those things again to you. When you make a decision, trust God. When you make a decision, make sure you're not being disobedient to God. When you make a decision, ask God for patience and don't be impulsive. When you make a decision, ask God if the spirit of fear is gripping your heart. You know a lot of men don't go to the doctor and they make a decision not to get regular checkups because of fear. And the thing you fear will happen if you don't go. Come on somebody. Make sure you, you, you're you not letting fear rule your mind. Make sure you're not making a decision from insecurity because you, you feel like your life is nothing. So now you must do this in order to be something. And you make a bad decision, a bad money decision. Because everybody's going on vacation, you know you can't afford one. Stay home. Go to Jones Beach. It's just as fly. Oh, y'all, no, 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 no. Listen, let me tell you why it's fly. Because when you come back, you owe the credit card company. When I go back home, I got enough for Popeye's chicken. No. (laughs) Let me tell you something. It is better to, 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 to find other ways than to make these decisions just so you could get an Instagram photo. We live in a time where people just to get a photo would ruin their whole bank account for a photo. Don't make decisions based on insecurity. Your life and your purpose comes from God. And and, and here's one I didn't give y'all. Don't listen to the wrong voice. The wrong voice, man. Listen, and and let me put that point up because I want y'all to read that. Listening to the wrong voice leads to a melody of misdirection. Elijah had a woman just come to him and whisper to him that she's going to kill him, Jezebel. And the wrong voice caused the great prophet to slip into a cave. The wrong voice will have you cowering in life. And anger, don't let anger rule your life. And don't be a person with zeal without knowledge. And when you're done, pray about the decision you got to make. And God will steer you in the right direction. As long as you set up those guardrails, whatever happens after is now in God's hands. But you know you have done everything to honor God. And there's no doubt in my mind, God will honor you. Let's pray today.